All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche and some things to get to, little tidbits while we continue to have no hockey and probably for the foreseeable future. But the players have come out and given a proposal a proposal on how to maybe restart the season later on in the year. So we'll get to that. Uh, simulated the game. Just finished that game simulation between the Sharks and the Avalanche. Did not go well. Uh, had a, a new poll for the NHL awards focused in on the Colorado Avalanche players. So uh, that's up right now if you want to go vote on that. We'll get to that in a second, as well as the results for yesterday's poll question about the Frank Selke Award. So before we get to all that, like we normally do, whoa, dropped my phone. Follow the show on social media on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche. And if you want to send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, if you want to be on the Fandom Friday segment, send all of that to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So real quick, the game simulation. People seem to be loving this. I'm, um, if, you, if you're not aware, I'm simulating the rest of the season on the day that it's supposed to, that the Avalanche are supposed to play. So last night they were supposed to go up against San Jose in Colorado. I simulate that game live on the Lockdown Avalanche YouTube page. If you follow on Twitter or on Instagram, I post the link to that about 15-20 minutes before puck drop. Puck drop is always 9 p.m. Eastern. And this is the third game that I've done. And the Avs, let's see, so they are 0-2-1 in that three-game homestand. Lost in overtime to the Canucks. Lost in regulation to who did they lose to? Now I'm blanking on who they just played before this game. Now oh, I got to look it up. Um, here we go. Why am I blanking on who they played? Oh yeah, Vegas. Yeah, lost to Vegas in regulation, and then were just shut out by the San Jose Sharks, three to nothing. Ugly game all around. So Avalanche in our simulate the season world are at 93 points, I believe. Yeah. So next one is going to be on Thursday. Avs hit the road and play the Predators in Nashville. So same thing. I'll put the link up on the social media pages. And uh, it was good. Got some got a good crowd in there today. Some conversation going on. You can uh, text and, and uh, chat, live chat while the game is going on. It's just fun. It takes about a half hour, if that. And we can just kind of finish out the season in in some fashion. Now, the players have come up, and this was posted on a, a Facebook avalanche uh, group page that I follow. Um, and actually, Nikki Field, who is the admin of the page and who has been on this show on the Fandom Friday segment, uh, posted a screenshot of this was on uh, Hockey Channel, TSN Hockey. And it seems like it's the player's proposal for finishing up this season. And I'll kind of just read it down and then kind of give you my thoughts on it. So they say, forget about 
don't forget about the season. Just forget about trying to finish it right now. And they would start with training camp in early July. They would finish the 2019-2020 season in late July. The playoffs would start start in August and go through September. You'd have a draft after that and free agency in October. And then the 2020-2021 season begins in November. So they're pretty much saying, we'll finish the season. And there was maybe a month left in the season. They're saying, we'll finish that in late July. And I get this, and this this seems like it possibly could work. I just don't like it from, say, I mean, this is an avalanche show, so look at it from the avalanche perspective. You're going to the playoffs. So right off the bat, you are playing into August, and depending on how far you go, into September. And then you are expected to turn around have a month off, the month of October off, and then the season begins in November. They don't give dates, obviously, so who knows if it's late November or early November, and who, who knows when any of this is. The only thing that they give late and early is the training camp and the, and the finishing of this 2019-2020 season. That's the only thing they say early and late, and it's early July for training camp, late July to finish that season. Some teams have 10 games left. Some had 12. I think the Avalanche had 13. So that's a month's worth of games and then playoffs. August August and September are set aside for playoffs. So say you're the Avalanche. You go into the playoffs. You're playing in August. If you go late, if you go the whole way, you're playing into September. And then you're told to have one month off and jump right back in in November. I don't think the issue will be the beginning of next season, I think the, the players would be fine because they're getting time off right now. If they're not going to start until July, you have March, April, May, June. That's four months that you're getting off. I don't think the issue would be the start of the next season in November. I think it would be the end of next season because those, those four months that you're getting off now those come and go real quick. And then when you have tacked on, if, you, if you're playing, if say you're the Avalanche, you're playing late July, August, and September, that's another two and a half months that you're playing onto a season. So just, just think about that. Think, think if the, the any, just take any NHL season and when it ends, put on another two and a half months to that. That's a lot to ask. So I, I just feel like, the burnout for the teams that if you don't make the playoffs, you benefit from this. If you don't make the playoffs in 2019, 2020, you benefit because your season is about a month. And then you get August, September and October off. You get three months off as opposed to the few teams that go late. Let's say even the final four teams that make it that go into September, they get a month and a half off. So you're, you're that, that's a big selling point not even a selling point it's it, it's it, it weighs in the direction of teams that don't make the playoffs or get eliminated early in the playoffs and then we heard about this 24 team playoff that will not apply to this clearly 
but I don't know. The more the more I think about it, the more I, I think we just need to cut ties with this season. I don't think we can really get anything. This might be the best option. Looking at it, it's probably the best option. It's still an option I wouldn't want to do. So if I can't think of anything that would be better than this, and if this is the best that we have, I get it. It makes sense. But like I said, if, if you're one of those playoff teams that go late, you're going to be hurting pretty much a year from now. In, in mid-March, and the, the next season is coming to an end. Maybe it's pushed back an extra month because it's not that season's not starting until November. But you get the point. Those teams are going to be dragging, I feel, by the end of next season. I just don't think it it logistically, I guess logistically it could work. I just think from even a fairness standpoint, it's not really feasible to me. So, but I, that's why I say the more that these days go on and we hear that thing, that this virus is worse and worse and worse, and we have not reached the peak of it yet. I think we just need to cut ties with the season and just call it a loss. Don't award a Stanley cup to anybody. Although some people are throwing around this thing about the team with the highest points, but is anybody really going to think that if that they award that to the Bruins are really a Stanley cup champion? I don't even think the Bruins would want to accept that, although they would, but I think we just got to cut ties with it. That seems like more and more the reality than anything else. All right. So as it is technically our off season or some form of an off season, I've been posting, I started it yesterday, uh, doing a different NHL award that they hand out at the end of the season, obviously gearing it towards the Colorado Avalanche. And I put the poll up on Twitter and leave it up to fan voting. And I started it with the Frank Selke Award, which is basically who's the best forward, who's who's the forward that plays the best defense is basically that award. And I can only put four names in. You're not just resigned to those four names. You, the entire roster is open to it. In this case, the centers and forwards are open to it. So I had in the poll Gabe Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, and Jonas Donskoy. Between those four guys, it was pretty close. Donskoy had the lowest percentage, but the other three guys were really close. Uh, Landeskog had 28% of the vote. Kadri had 31%. Belmar had 33%. And he would have been my vote as well, would be would have been Belmar. But in the comments, I was I was wanting to put Nachuskin in there. Uh, and like I said, I only had four options, so I, I threw Donskoy in there. Val Nachuskin takes this thing based on, I guess you want to say, write-in votes. But he 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 got a lot of support in the comments. And I took into consideration uh, the likes as well of the people who wrote in uh, Val Nachuskin. So Val Nachuskin, as far as the Avalanche go, is your Frank Selke Award winner. And he's the forward that plays the best defense. I thought it'd be Belmar with his how much they rely on him. Uh, on the power play, but the masses have spoken and they pick Nachuskin. So for today, you can go up right now on the Lockdown Avalanche Twitter page, LOPN underscore Avalanche, and we're doing the Lady Bing Award, which uh, is the, I'll just read it as it 
is presented on NHL.com, awarded to the player who exhibited outstanding sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. And the four that I put up, Kale McCarr, Val Nechuskin, Sam Girard, and again, Pierre-Edouard Belmar. And right now, voting is still early, still have 22 and a half hours to go, but Kale McCarr uh, is kind of running away with it right now, and Belmar close second. Gerard and Nechuskin tied for third right now. So still votes going all over, which is nice to see. But I have a feeling this is going to go Kale McCarr's way, but don't let me sway you. Uh, whatever you feel, if you want to write somebody in, <laughs> if you feel Nikita Zadorov deserves the Lady Bing Award, then by all means, write him in. Uh, we're not going to vote people off like they do in these ridiculous singing shows. So, um, something fun to do. I don't know what we'll do for tomorrow. I'll look at them, uh, at which ones we can do. Some, some we can't do because it's like... Well, I don't know. I was going to say, like, the ones that the NHL players themselves vote on, I think we could still put those up, couldn't we? Maybe. I don't know. We'll look at it. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, that poll is up, and uh, take part in it. I figured I would play some uh, pretty good uh, clips from the NHL 100 and the Avalanche players that made the NHL 100 and kind of uh, be nice to just just nice to go back and revisit some of the classic players from the Avalanche. Peter Forsberg is Peter Forsberg if I can say his name right. It's clearly one of those players. Probably my favorite Avalanche player of all time, which is why we're starting with him. Um, and I, you know, I was young when I was watching him and I just liked his ability of skill and toughness. And whenever anybody talks about him, and you'll hear it in this clip over and over again, if he toned it down a bit and how uh, aggressive he played, he could have been a lot higher in a lot of different categories than he ended up in. But that's just not Peter Forsberg. He didn't care about that. He didn't care about points or where he stood at the end. He knew he was going to be looked at when his career was over as exactly as we look at it. A guy that played hard and played with skill and played with speed and had immense talent. He wasn't out there just to be a goon and uh, just you know bash people up against a board or take a cheap shot at somebody. He played you hard. And if he wanted to finesse his game, he could absolutely finesse his game. So I just loved that. I loved the style that he played with. He was everything that I liked in a hockey player. Gritty and tough. And tons of talent. So uh, here is the the Peter Forsberg when the NHL did their top 100 players video that they dedicated to him. Peter Forsberg was as tough as it got when it came to play the game. He was not only a fantastically skilled player, but he was tough as can be, probably to the detriment of his career because he was often injured because of the way he played. But he would always put himself in harm's way if he could make a play that would help his team. Not many players in the game of hockey could combine the toughness, the physicality, and the pure skill. And Peter Forsberg certainly had all three. 
Peter Forsberg as the centerpiece for the Quebec Nordiques in the deal that saw Eric Lindros sent to Philadelphia resoundingly met the lofty expectations surrounding his rookie season in 1995, tallying 50 points in just 47 games to win the Calder Trophy. Forsberg was terrific and a great player to watch, and I'm sure if you played with him, you've really appreciated his ability. The following season, with the franchise relocated and renamed the Colorado Avalanche, Forsberg compiled 116 points and then, in the postseason, helped power the team to its first ever Stanley Cup. He was incredible. He was the one guy that every team had to find a way to stop Peter Forsberg, and it freed up ice for, for everybody else. One guy couldn't contain him, so somebody else would have to come and always leave somebody open, and he had the vision that he could make any play all over the ice. The lore for so many generations was that European hockey players aren't tough. Peter Forsberg was a rock. In the 2001 playoffs, as testament to his legendary toughness, Forsberg unknowingly played through a ruptured spleen during the seventh game of the second round. Rallying around the loss of their star center, the Avalanche went on to win the Stanley Cup. Forsberg, while recovering from the injury, didn't play a single minute in the 2001-2002 regular season, but returned to lead all playoff performers in scoring as the Avalanche reached the Western Conference Final. Peter Forsberg worked so hard at rehab and now makes his triumphant return. The Swedes are, they're tough, tough, tough players. They show it in a very different way, and he was a leader in that regard. In fact, I think he enjoyed the game in the trenches and playing the game in the corners and winning battles as much as he did scoring goals. The 2002-2003 season was perhaps the finest of Forsberg's career, as the Swede led the NHL in assists and points and captured the Hart Trophy as league MVP. When Peter was playing his, his best game, to me, he was un, unstoppable. He didn't play an easy game. He played a full ice game, physical, and that had a lot to do with him maybe not playing as long as he possibly could have. You know, sometimes, like Peter, you don't have to play that physical. I says, not nah, nah. says, I like it. Injuries continued to take a serious toll on Forsberg's career that included stops in Philadelphia and Nashville. But his productivity, when on the ice, never suffered. Forsberg recorded 249 goals, 636 assists, and 885 points in just 708 games. On a per-game basis, he ranks fourth in assists and eighth in points all-time. While the raw numbers are most certainly impressive, what Peter Forsberg will most be remembered for is the way he played and the way he inspired. Talk about a fierce competitor. You talk about a guy that I think still has a little grudge on his shoulder to this day. But that's what made him him, and I have the utmost respect for him. Not for injury, Peter Forsberg truly would have put up magnificent numbers. And even without those magnificent numbers, he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That speaks volumes of what type of player he was. All right, so I love listening to those things, but I hate it at the same time because I just wish you could get in a time machine and go watch those guys play again. Uh, and just, I don't know, you get chills listening and stuff like that. So there's a Joe Sackick one. I think we'll put up that one as well. Patrick Wad, and we'll do kind of get into uh, kind of like the history of the abs, really, uh, and kind of pick out a couple seasons that were probably their best season and I'm really toying with the idea of going back to that awful, awful season of a few years ago uh, and really kind of re revisiting that because I think it kind of would be kind of fun 
to look back at that season because we are past it to go back and kind of just really look at what the heck went wrong in that season. So I'm toying with that idea. I don't know. Let me know. What do you think? Should I do it? Should I not do it? But um, looking up like kind of some uh, Peter, Av- uh, P- Peter Avalanche. Yeah, that would be cool. Peter Forsberg of the Avalanche stats. His first game in the preseason was against the Flyers and Lindros. And of course, he was involved in that trade with Lindros. And I tried to look up stats for this, but they don't really keep stats for, I mean, they keep stats during the game of uh, uh, preseason games, but it's tough to go back and find them. But I did find something that said that game, a preseason game, Peter Forsberg's first preseason game against the Flyers and Lindros had 144 penalty minutes in that game. In a preseason game. I'm trying to find the stats for that to to f- see the breakdown of the the penalty minutes, who got them, what the heck they were for. But the first preseason game of the season, I mean, I get that players are rusty, but <laughs> that's that's crazy. So if somebody has a way of doing that, uh, please let me know because I would love to see the breakdown of how those penalty minutes were attributed to the different players and why. Uh, I even tried to look up on like YouTube uh, just maybe like a summary of the game. I can't find anything. And I think because it's a preseason game just makes it that much more difficult. So if you have that, if anybody remembers that for whatever reason, please write into the show and maybe even have you on if you want to talk about it. If you remember specifics about that game, uh, it, that would be interesting to hear. So, yeah, so that's going to be kind of it for it today, guys. Enjoy the day off. Because they're all days off. If you are at home, just be safe. Stay at home. You might be healthy, but you don't want to infect somebody else that's in your family that might be in the senior citizen age and infect them. So stay home. We'll ride this thing out. We'll talk about the abs. And we'll get through it. So that's going to be it for the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And again, check the Locked On NHL podcast, which covers the league in its entirety so anything that's new that's going on i touch on the things here uh, but they really get into detail about the the current goings on of the nhl so check out the locked on nhl podcast in addition to this one of course so that'll be it for today ladies and gentlemen we'll see you guys tomorrow here's jovi go abs go